Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Hunt with Goalspan, and this is Human Capital. We get to interview thought leaders, business leaders, coaches that help us understand the value of human capital. And today I'm very excited to introduce my guest, Jody Bagno, who is the co-founder and managing partner of Jazz Business Consulting. They are a team of business coaches who are passionate about helping leaders of mid-sized companies uncover and resolve the drama and distractions that destroy profitability. I love that, drama, distractions, and destroy. So we're gonna learn about that. Her team has helped several companies win awards including the best places to work and the top places to work awards in the San Francisco Bay Area. Her clients perform at a level three times the average revenue growth rate compared with peers in their industries. That is impressive. And Jody says that the magic ingredient to helping organizations thrive is starting with the development of Vibe. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you, Jeff. I remember when we were sitting in a retreat years ago and you had the idea for your company and now it's thriving as this global company. It's so exciting to be doing this. Yes, a lot of water under the bridge and some great experiences. And it's been awesome to watch you sort of grow and develop your consultancy as well and also see the impact you've had on your clients. So Thank you. Really, really impressive. And so I love this jazz business consulting and your whole concept is vibe. Um, I'm excited to talk through that concept with our listening audience so that they can sort of learn what that is, how it can impact them. And I also have some other questions that I'm going to throw at you because I know that you've got an amazing amount of business wisdom. So, you know, Jody's one of these people for all you listeners who when you spend time with them, they just make you better. And so that's what I found with Jody is she's really good at asking pointed questions and that end up making her clients better and um, the people that she works with better. And so today I get to turn the tables a little bit. As I mentioned, we're going to learn about Vibe, but before we do, I'm going to start out with some um, kind of interesting pointed personal questions. This first one is really about your experiences. And so, Jody, let's start out by having you share with our listeners something that is interesting about your family or your experiences growing up that led you into business. Wow, um, that's a great question. So I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My mom and dad owned uh, several companies and they were primarily in the construction space. So my dad owned a company called Accent Countertops that manufactured kitchen countertops, Corian and Formica. And then uh, my mom opened a company and it was called The Marble Shop, and she did cultural marble manufacturing for bathrooms and bathtubs. So I, both my parents were licensed general contractors, and um, I grew up driving forklifts out in the shop because all of us kids had to clean up sawdust at some point. It was mandatory 
for you to be a part of the family, I guess. <laughs> and um, so I have fond memories of driving forklifts and near crashing them. But I learned, I think I learned early that uh, manual labor is hard. It's really hard work and that I much more enjoyed the sales and management aspect of it. So. Sure. But it sounds like you sort of learned how to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. And, and, yes. and they were maybe a model to you in terms of inspiring entrepreneurship. Is that right? Very much so. Uh, they, I never knew them to work for anybody else. And so I could see the freedom that they had, but also the burden that you have. As a business owner, you carry all the weight of the risk. And so I think I have developed real empathy for business leaders that just carry that enormous weight every night. When they, you know, when they go home, are they gonna make payroll? Are they gonna keep their good talent? How do you keep people happy once you have them? So I have, a real, I have a real passion to support those people because I know just from my heart what that's like to carry that burden. Sure. And it's almost as if COVID has turned everything into a Petri dish where these types of issues are accentuated. There's a catalyst. Is, would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's funny. Um, my clients kind of tease me because when I first start working with them, I always tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. Because when we start working together and you become intentional about the kind of clarity that you want to pursue and what your priorities are, uh, good things happen and they happen quickly. And I had no idea, but the last couple of years of watching these teams get ready, get ready, get ready, enabled them to be so much more well-prepared for COVID that they had addressed some of their infrastructure weaknesses and repaired them. And so now they're in these great positions to see some of the opportunities, but it breaks my heart to see some of these companies that just were not ready for it in any way. So I think the big lesson we've learned in this is you should always be getting ready for opportunities and sure. that positions you so well not only for opportunities but also to weather some of these storms that are happening yeah so those businesses and organizations that are much more proactive it sounds like they they ultimately are outperforming the ones that were not in the middle Absolutely. of this pandemic Yes. Yeah. And, and so, several of our clients have actually grown during COVID. Hmm. Um, we were blessed to have a big portfolio of business that was really deemed essential services, construction, insurance, healthcare. But even still, some of those companies have really struggled during this that just didn't have the strength in their infrastructure. Hmm. Originally, we went into this to help companies get strong so they'd be ready for growth. But, you know, it was really revealed that that kind of strength helps you weather a downturn in the economy, a sure. tough political climate, a market change. They've been able to pivot easily because everybody was aligned and on the same page. Sure. So that's, I absolutely agree. This COVID has revealed where companies are either really strong or where they have weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the things you just mentioned a minute ago was empathy. You know, we're talking about uh, your um, family experiences and, and entrepreneurship and all of that and um, having empathy for what your, your folks went through in terms of being the business owner. That's actually a great segue to talk core values for a minute. Um, with Jazz Business Consulting, what do you value most as an organization? 
Mm, that's a good question. That's a great question for everybody to be asking about their own companies. What do you value most? So we have three core values that we make every decision based on. It's how we do our hiring. It's how we do our development and rewards. It's how we partner with vendors. And those three core values came out of a discussion of the things we thought were important. And like Pat Lencioni says, if everything's important, nothing is. Mm -hmm. And so we had a rich discussion about what was most important, if it really came down to sacrificing something. And those core values for us were connection with people. Um, we, people skills are vital. And the ability to have good conversations were just so important to what we do. So connection with people, passion for what we do. I mean, mm. it's fun to go to work every day when you're sure. helping teams win. There's nothing more exciting than winning. And then the third one is results oriented. We've mm. seen, you and I have seen so many consulting firms that will come in and consult all you know all day long yeah but ultimately they don't necessarily help people achieve the end results that were most important to them and so sure. we made a big commitment to figure out ways that we could actually pay for ourselves by helping clients achieve their financial goals sure for growth that's so great connection passion results it's it's the acronym cpr which sometimes is what we provide for companies. <laughs> what <laughs> it, a great it wasn't fit. designed that way, it just worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> There's such an easy way to remember that as well. So um, that's really cool. Um, yeah, so I think that people also underestimate the value of those core values in terms of shaping culture and delivering results. And so I really appreciate that you guys have taken the time to think that through. Um, you know, oftentimes you're coming into clients and you're starting work when they haven't thought about a lot of these things and you'll jump in, immerse yourself, understand their culture, which we're going to talk more about with vibe here in a minute. Mm -hmm. But what I'm curious about is what is maybe one of the toughest questions you've ever had to ask your clients? <laughs> the toughest questions you've ever... Yeah, so if you're sitting with a CEO and you've been privy to the dysfunction that's occurring internally, or you have seen a history and pattern of them not achieving the results, there could be any number of things that you're coming in to help them with. Or just like we started out, you were sharing with me about the, you know, helping them resolving the drama and distractions that destroy profitability. So you know, you're sitting with the CEO. What's the, what is one of those tough questions that might get you fired as a <laughs> consultant, but really could make them significantly better? What comes to mind for you? Uh, there's one question that immediately came to mind. It's not my question. And I want to give credit to the author and I can't think of her name. I want to say possibly her name is Jill Scott. Uh, she was a business coach out of the Seattle area. And uh, her question, and I've used it a lot, and it, it has rocked a few people, and that is after they tell me the circumstances of what the challenge is, whether it's growth or overcoming a crisis, uh, I ask a lot of questions to really take things a level deeper, to really uncover 
the real deal. And one of the questions to get there has always been, what are you pretending not to know? Hmm. Wow. Okay. So what are you pretending not to know? Yes. And that Deep question has, is one of those that it gets to the heart of the matter quickly. Yes. Because they have to, it, it forces facing a reality. And sometimes they're pretending not to know that a key person just isn't the right fit to take them to the next level. Sure. Or uh, that things are not going well on a project they have a lot of ego tied up in. So sure. those kinds of things, it just kind of pulls the layers back and gives them a safe place to say it out loud. Absolutely. Do. Yeah. So really some of what that is, is about conflict avoidance and people mm -hmm. are so leaders even are often very conflict avoidant because it's so uncomfortable. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking actually about this question as well. And, and um, the late great Jim Haran, who of course mm -hmm. passed away last year, he, he started the one page business plan. His, one of his questions that I've always appreciated is, after getting to know the CEO and the culture, asking, well, what is your role in this dysfunction? Mm, I love that question. <laughs> because That's it gets right to the heart of the matter. And if the CEO or the leader is defensive, then oftentimes there's bigger issues at play. Mm -hmm. If they're willing to dive deep, just like you just said, then they can come back with an answer that is going to help them grow and learn and really make improvements in their organization. So. But I really appreciate your question. Thanks. That's um, a good one too. I'm definitely going to be using that one. You know. So let's see. Staying on this this uh, sort of concept of difficult conversations, what advice can you share about having difficult performance conversations with remote workers? So when you you know, you're working with these clients all day long. Many of them have, you know, are essential businesses and some have retained employees on site. And I imagine some have transitioned a segment of their workforce to remote. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when you think about these situations where managers do need to address underperformance, mm -hmm. what advice can you share with them about how to do that effectively? Well, boy, that's a full question in and of itself, how to have a hard conversation, how to address performance issues, and how to do it with remote workers. Um, that generally speaking, if they're on Zoom, they are not people out in the field doing manual labor. They're more of a, a white collar kind of position. So that in itself changes the dynamic a little bit. Sure. But, so let me address the first one, and that's how to have the hard performance conversations. So often I find that when I get called in for help and somebody is underperforming, I will, I will ask the questions, what have you done so far? How mm -hmm. have you addressed this so far? And I find a couple of things. And one of them is that oftentimes managers have thought about the problem so much and rehearsed a conversation and had conversations in their head that they sort of make this mental assumption that the person they're talking to is caught up. Mm, okay. But the truth is they're the ones that have had the conversation in their head, mulling it over and over and over and over. And the person they're talking to, they haven't even had the conversation with. 
most likely um, to be respectful or honoring or to treat them like an adult, they've implied things or made sure. suggestions, mm -hmm. but they haven't come right out and said, can I say the hard thing? Mm -hmm. This isn't working like we need it to work. So that's one thing. So often, sure. I remember one of our coaches sat in on a termination one time and the person being terminated said, I am so surprised. I had no idea you felt like this why haven't you told me this? And the CEO said, we've had numerous conversations. And she said, I think you've had them in your head. I don't think you've ever talked to me about this. Wow. And that was a real enlightening conversation. Have you actually sure. had the conversations? Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I find that is what we would call a vibe killer mm -hmm. really is not being clear about the expectations to begin with. Sure. There is a real lack of clarity out in the business world about what the priority is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. The word priority was never meant to be uh, plural because if it's plural, interesting. it sort of makes it irrelevant, right? Sure. You can't have priority. Yeah. If everything's important, nothing is. Right. And so if if leaders go around and ask their employees, what do you think is the most important thing? that needs to happen in the next six to 12 months in this company, they could see what kind of answers they would get. And if they're getting different answers, then people are making decisions based on different criteria. And mm. that's, that's a very common problem. And so I would encourage listeners to just go ask their people, what do you think is the most important thing? Because sure. if somebody has a stack of 10 things on their desk, if they don't have real clarity about the priority, they're going to make it up. They're sure. going to guess. Yeah. And we don't want employees guessing as to what the priority is. So that's, that's another big vibe killer really sure. is the lack of clarity about what's most important. Wow. That's great feedback. So really, yeah, it's around communicating effectively and openly and frequently so that there are not surprises because we should never be in a termination session when that employee does not know what was happening. Um, and just um, really paying attention to what's most important. So it sounds like what you're saying is that we really need to understand what is most important and the priorities and then communicate that in a way that there's never a question to an employee about their role and what that priority should be for them. Is that right? Absolutely. And what that does is it plants the seeds, one, for accountability on down the road, because you have something to refer back to. Mm -hmm. But it also sets up this culture for healthy teams, and the healthiest teams have peer-to-peer -peer accountability, mm -hmm. not this top-down dictatorship where sure. I'm the police all the time. Mm -hmm. I like to use uh, this metaphor, which a lot of parents will get. If you go grocery shopping and let's say your kids are, you know, between three and six years old and they're going to be in the cart while you're grocery shopping, a really effective parent would say to the kids, okay, we're going grocery shopping. We have about 20 things to get. I want to get those things. And what I need from you is not to dump a bunch of cookies and stuff in the cart when I'm not looking, not to fight not to mm -hmm. beg me for stuff. I need you to help me make that really a quick and easy process. And at the end, if it goes well, we're going to get ice cream. Sure. Every parent knows that sets up those kids for success. And yet we don't do it in business at all. And it's mm -hmm. not, 
it's not not treating people like adults. It's saying, here's where we're going, here's what success looks like, and when we all get there together, here's how we'll celebrate. So many people don't do that. What they do is the equivalent of throwing tired, cranky kids, overworked employees yeah. that don't have clarity, into a grocery cart, going grocery shopping for an hour and a half on end, and then being exasperated as to why your kids were challenging. It's wow, I love that. I love that concept because really it's so simplistic. Mm -hmm. You can boil it down to this level of simplicity for businesses, even though sometimes it's difficult to implement. If we can start with that simplistic understanding, all of a sudden it doesn't feel so big for us as leaders, right? Right, right. And just describing what excellence looks like. Mm -hmm. I think most leaders of companies sort of, especially if they're for-profit companies, they make these assumptions that everybody knows that success is to make more money. Mm -hmm. But unless you are incentivized by that through a bonus program, you don't really care about that. I mean, yes. honestly, you don't care from a deep emotional level of engagement. You're not motivated by that. So outside of making money what is the purpose of the company how are we making a difference in the world that meaningful contribution can be a game changer for companies for sure and you know the best things are the most simple mm -hmm. let me give you an example sometimes if you've had to have a hard conversation i see a lot of leaders have that conversation and say here's the behaviors i would like you to change these behaviors are ineffective here's what i'd like you to change and they get frustrated because a month or two down the road, those employees, if they're good and they try hard, they're doing just enough. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily achieving excellence, but sure. they're doing just enough where you can't, you can't have another conversation, you can't terminate them, but you're sure. not really that happy. Mm -hmm. And so what I tell managers to do is when you have that conversation, describe in as much detail as possible what excellence looks like. Mm, what I love that. Driving looks like. And that's what I want you to achieve. Sure. Not here's enough just to get by. That alone will buy back the time for managers because describing that on the front end really gives them something to strive for. And either they'll make it or they won't. Mm -hmm. And then it makes your next steps a little more clear. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love that concept about clarity around um, vision and making it compelling for employees. I, I had a, you know, about probably five years ago, actually, yeah, because it would have been uh, 2015 and this is the year 2020. I was working with a client who um, thought they had a compelling vision when we went in there to begin with. And their vision, the CEO's vision was 20 by 2020, keeping in mind this is five years ago. And her whole concept was 20 million by the year 2020. And I said to her, is that really something that the employees can get their head around? Um, mm -hmm. And ultimately she came to the conclusion that it was not because it was simply a financial metric that they didn't have any interest in. And so I really appreciate your um, using that as an example. Yes, and so. but what you just described is a perfect example. And so really, People think in, in images. So when you say 20 million, the image that you probably come up with is a pile of money. Mm -hmm. Unless you're getting a big chunk of that pile, yeah. <laughs> you don't really care about the pile of money. Exactly. 
but having something, you know, that would lead to the 20 million is a scoreboard of doing things right. Yes. It's yeah. Good. It's a byproduct, isn't it? Yes. Totally. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we only have a few minutes left and I want to get to a really important question before we jump into vibe. Okay. And it's really about racism and diversity, which we've struggled with significantly again this year as a country. Um, and I'm wanting your perspective on the role that we can play as leaders, as business owners, as managers. What can we, what would you recommend? How would you advise your clients on what their role is in combating racism and promoting diversity in the workplaces they lead? Wow, that's a super big question. Um, some of the things that I have seen that have been very effective with my clients, uh, one big company, $100 million a year company, said we're not going to just put out a statement that <clears throat> we're you know, against racism. We're actually going to look at the subtle things that happen within a company that make it a systemically racist hmm. company. And so what they did was, for example, one of the things they did was they looked at how much everybody got paid and mm. they identified a couple people of color that were being paid substantially less than their counterparts mm. and they fixed it. Great. They fixed it. They Fantastic. said, you matter and we're sorry and let us do this with some back pay. Let us make this right. Sure. That kind of taking action and not just giving some lip service was a big game changer. Huge. Another company I saw sat down and had a discussion uh, with the people of different backgrounds and said, tell us your experiences and how can we make this better? The ability to sit down and have a quality conversation is always a game changer, no matter sure. what the issue is. But just really listening with this uh, deep curiosity mm. and this desire to understand, not just waiting for their turn to respond, but sure. this genuine desire to understand is a game changer. Some There's some really innovative things coming out on the forefront. Uh, we're working with a company that has created a virtual reality product and you put the goggles on and you suddenly become a man of color and even your controllers, your hands become this gentleman's black hands and you're in this board meeting as a man of color having this conversation and you get to experience those nuances being dismissed or uh, having the customer ask your white counterpart for credibility on something you've just said. Wow. That is creating immediate changes to behavior because you really get to experience what that feels like. And we have another one that is you become a woman in the boardroom. Sure. You sure. get to experience some of those, it's those subtle nuances. It's not the overt stuff. It's, sure. it's just those subtle things. So wow. uh, we're looking into innovative experiences to help mm -hmm. people really learn some of these things instead of just throwing more information at them. I really love that because you're helping your clients figure out a way to experientially immerse themselves into a place that they've never experienced. So without a, without a common understanding of what these things feel like, how can we grow and learn and develop? So that sounds very interesting. I'm sure you'll have some listeners probably reach out to learn more about that. So 
I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so we on Vibe, we're gonna talk about Vibe now just for a few minutes and just give us kind of an overview. For a lot of people, Vibe is a vague concept. Obviously you're Jazz BC and so Jazz Business Consultants, you've got this whole concept of Vibe. What is it? How do you build it? Measure it? What kind of difference does it make when, you're, when you can do it well? Give us the thumbnail on this, Jody. Okay. Uh, vibe, is, vibe is the good news. It's the good news. It's the thing that will fix everything else. And it's pretty simplistic to fix. How we got the concept, we were talking to a friend of ours who happens to be the director of the Count Basie Orchestra, mm -hmm. long time big band orchestra, very famous. And they had just completed a recording that went well and they were all talking about vibe. The vibe was so thick you could peel it off the walls. And <laughs> awesome. we asked him, how, do you, how would you define vibe for somebody who doesn't know what sure. that means because mm -hmm. we all kind of know what vibe is. Sure. And he said, vibe happens when you bring together three elements. You bring talented musicians together. Mm -hmm. You're clear about the piece you want to play or the feeling you want to invoke in the audience. And then collectively, the members of the band are so connected that they have great energy and synergy. They know how to collaborate, communicate, and even navigate conflict. Hmm. He said those three things, clarity, competency, and chemistry together are vibe. And vibe is what makes great music. And great music is why people come to our shows. They don't come because we play the notes perfectly. Sure. They come because of how the music makes them feel. Yeah. And it's the same reason your customers do business with you. It's the same reason your employees are committed to you. It's because of how the experience makes them feel. Hmm. So that's actually where the name was born. We kind of said, oh, we were looking for a name for our company. And we said, oh, we're kind of like the jazz of the business world. And the metaphor and the name just stuck. And so those are the three things that we measure in companies. What's Very your clarity cool. like? What's your yep. competency like? And what's your chemistry like? Fantastic. And so um, at the end of the day, when you know, there'll be a lot of listeners that may, they, they want to know how they can increase this good vibe. You know, you've just mentioned these three key elements. Mm -hmm. What are some things that they can do to increase that, you know, positive, the positive vibe and conversely eliminate some of the negative vibe? There's nothing worse than, you know, my, my younger son is a, is a jazz musician. So of course I appreciate this old sentiment. I mean, that, famous one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they, you know, when you're, when you hear a missed note or something doesn't work, it's actually, it's, it's so, it's disconcerting. It really kind of throws you. And so I would imagine in organizations, it's similar when vibe is not there. It's actually, it can have a significantly opposite effect. So, right. Um, yeah. How do you increase good vibe and eliminate bad vibe? Well, uh, you have to be intentional about those three elements. How's your clarity? And I gave people that question. Go ahead and ask people, what do you think is the most important thing? That's a sure. great starting point. Mm -hmm. Competency is really how well do you play your own instrument or do your own job? And then sure. collectively, how do we sound? 
Okay. We've got a great band, but the tuba player's off. Like you said, the sour note, the bad note, yeah. it kills the whole experience. Yeah. If I get a great product, but I call customer service and it's a terrible experience, it's a sour note with the whole right. company. So right. those right. things. And then chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have great chemistry, your team will figure out how to build clarity and competency. Mm-hmm. But if you have poor chemistry within your company, it doesn't matter how good the clarity and competency are. If people mm. don't like each other and don't like working together, it will kill your sure. clarity and competency. So sure. I would say uh, there's a couple of things people can do. They can go on our website and start with personal vibe. We have a free assessment. Okay. You can go on, take the quiz and see what you're starting with. Because every time you walk into a room, you bring a vibe with you, whether sure. it's good or bad. Sure. So we have to start with ourselves. And actually science shows that the science behind vibe is your heartbeat radiates five feet from your body. And in some mm. cases more. So when your heartbeat is, is producing at a good level, you're getting oxygen to the brain, you're getting nutrients, things like that. When your heartbeat is erratic, you're not getting the right oxygen and nutrients to the rest of the body. But the interesting thing is when your heartbeat is erratic because you're stressed or you walk in angry or frustrated, you, the strongest heartbeat in the room will begin to set other people's heartbeats. Interesting. When you walk in with a bad vibe, you actually can start to infect other people. The strongest heartbeat in the room will start to reset other people's heartbeats. So we got to start with ourselves. So you can go on. It's a fun quiz. You'll learn the kind of vibe that you bring when you're at your best and the kind of vibe, how you can bring kind of a negative vibe in when you're not at your best. Fantastic. So yeah, it's really contagious it sounds like um and so want to be um positively contagious not negatively contagious and it sounds like taking inventory is really key and the way one of the ways to do that is for them to take this free assessment that's on your website so and before i get too far afield what is your where where can they find you uh people can connect with us at jazz like the music jazz bc for business consulting dot com jazzbc.com and just scroll down on the front page and you can take the assessment or you can take a look at different resources that we can offer as well fantastic okay all right so we're going to finish with some lightning round questions i didn't tell you what these were in advance so we're just going to throw them out here for fun okay um all right who is one person that you would love to interview dead or alive well, Eleanor Roosevelt by far. She overcame huge obstacles and Ooh. made a difference in the lives of people. Oh, really good. Very good. Uh, top book recommendation. Uh, for me, it's the Bible. I'm a Christian. Uh, second to that, I would say, oh man, there's so many good ones. Five <laughs> Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. Oh, that's a good uh, one. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of my most favorite. Yeah. Um, one thing you are most grateful for? Health, absolutely. Ah, Hands down, I overcame breast cancer diagnosis and two years of treatment. And I'm about 13, officially as of Friday, I'm 14 years out from diagnosis. So very grateful Incredible. For I love that. Um, that's inspiring. Um, okay, one thing on your bucket list? 
oh, to take my whole family to the Holy Land. We went to a pilgrimage. Uh, I went with some women and we interviewed 25 organizations trying to solve the crisis over there. We heard from all sides of the narrative. It was fascinating. And so I have a great desire to bring as many people as I can back just to have an understanding of what's really going on over there. And so, I'll tell you, the thing that will solve it are good quality conversations. Oh yeah, that solves just about everything, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> the best piece of advice you've ever received. <laughs> this is funny because the first thing that comes to your mind is probably the answer. Uh, probably my mother who would tell me quite often, this is not an emotional issue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I think of that in business when I see sometimes either I have a reaction or other people do is this is not an emotional issue. So true. <laughs> That's great. Well, Jody, this has been such a pleasure to see you and spend some time with you today. I really appreciate you devoting this time to helping our listening audience learn how to become better, better leaders, um, better managers, better people. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for the work that you do. I've watched you commit to this company. And I got to say, Jeff, the tool that you've created so people can have better conversations um, is, is so valuable. It makes it so much easier. And so I just honor everybody who pours blood, sweat, and tears into products like the Goal Spam product to make conversations easier. It makes a difference in the lives of people that are using them. And I'm not just saying that because I get to be on your show. I know what you've been through and I know how much our, our co-clients that we both get to work with mm -hmm. have said what a difference it makes. So I just want to honor you for all that you've put into that as well. So thanks for having me. It's yeah. So well, I definitely appreciate that. So, um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening in and stay tuned. We're going to have more uh, exceptional leaders like Jody. Um, take a look at her website. If you have any questions, I think her contact information is also on there as well. And um, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show this week. We release a new episode of Human Capital on the first and third Tuesday of each month. I would really like to know what you thought of this episode. Send your comments to humancapital at goalspan.com. Human Capital is produced by Goalspan. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please share this podcast with your colleagues, team, or friends. Thanks for being human, kind.